Off the Ball Daily. A home for your favourite podcasts from Off the Ball. You had to be there, the performance rankings, a slight tangent, and the crappy quiz. Have you ever done therapy, Adrian? Specifically related to the crappy quiz, though. Subscribe to the Off the Ball Daily podcast feed right now. The Women's Six Nation Show on Off the Ball. With Vodafone, a proud supporter of the Irish women's rugby team. We all belong to the team of us. You're all very welcome along to the Women's Six Nations show on Off the Ball. Ireland kicked off the campaign away to Wales at home to France, both ending in defeats. And this weekend, Ireland are away to Italy this Saturday at 4.45pm with a real opportunity to pick up their first win of the campaign. The Women's Six Nations show with Vodafone, a proud supporter of the Irish women's rugby team. We all belong to the team of us. I'm delighted to be joined by former Ireland internationals Fiona Hayes and Grace Davitt. How's things, guys? Good, good. Yeah, all good. Good, good to chat to you again. Fiona, I might come to you first. I suppose, how do we even kick this off? It's been an extremely tough start to the campaign for the players, for the managers, for the supporters. These really aren't the results that we expected to, to see two games in. No, but I think we need to kick it off by saying, look, we need that needs to be put to bed now. Um, especially, I suppose, the France performance, you're looking at it going defensively. There is a lot fixed. This team have had two weeks together now. They've, they were shell shocked against Wales. Um, I think this Italy game, Italy are in the back of two losses as well. I know they're playing at home. Ashley, but I, I, I really feel like there's, there is kind of, they're building this kind of group together. They're building them up and they, we've seen like a couple of good performances that last week, um, certain areas improved. They've now had a chance to go back and fix our other areas as well. So I think this is a chance for people now to get behind the team and, you know, really push for that win. It's going to be one hell of a battle out in Italy, but they've had a couple of changes to their squad as well. And I, I think it's, it's it's interesting to see Ireland are going to have more possession in this game and it's going to be interesting to see what type of attack. We haven't seen anything much in the attack and it's it'll be so good to see if Dan, o Dan O'Brien comes in. She's got We know her kicking game. If we can see Ireland use this a little bit more and put pressure on Italy because Italy are the favourites with Irish form at the minute. Yeah, they are the form going into this game. You know, they are the favourites. But I suppose when we're looking at the, the players that are starting for Ireland at the minute, there's a lot of inexperienced girls out there. And I suppose my heart sort of broke watching Nicola Friday, you know, after the post-match interview. And you almost think, you know, is this a tough time for those girls going out there? Their first international caps, a lot of them. You know, it's a big ask for them to, to step up to this level, Grace. What did you make of the results? Yeah, like it's always going to be tough, you know, playing, you know, more experienced teams than you. And I think the problem with Ireland is, you know, they didn't go to a World Cup. So you had this mass change of guard, really, compared to other teams. You always lose a lot of players post-World post Cup and you bring a new era in. So we kind of have this full squad that are all learning together and you don't have as many old heads as you would in other teams. So... It's, it's a steep learning curve and I've no doubt, you know, a lot of them are saying with that week off, they did a lot of analysis looking at what they did and what they didn't do and what they need to improve on. So, you know, we've all been there. It's, it's scary when you get your first cap and you, you wonder, are you going to be able to do it? Are you going to be able to step up? And uh, it, it is a huge step and it, and it depends where you've come from. There's obviously some players have been away at seven. Some have played in Premiership 15. So, they're used to playing against English, Welsh, Scottish players week in, week out. So it's 
it is hard and yeah the, the results are difficult and you know Greg alluded to it um you know in the interview post match uh, two weeks ago was you know Grace you've been there and and yes like when we first were involved when I was there in 20, 2005 we were getting hammered week in week out by the likes of France and England but you know we developed and grew and and became a better team and I I think it's just hard seeing that you know starting from scratch again but because there is such inexperience and such youth, we're just going to have to be patient with them, let them develop, you know, and, and we've seen the areas of improvement two weeks ago. So with the opportunity of playing and what they didn't perform with against Wales, they worked on the set piece. You know, they'll look at their defence against France. I think that was probably the most disappointing, even though they, they matched up physically at times. It was the individual errors of missed tackles, the amount of missed tackles. And against that French side, with you know, they love offloading the ball. You get in behind them, they get one offload away. A missed tackle just leads to a, a great momentum for them and, and they're able to break through. So I think seeing that again, seeing it on analysis, you know, talking about it over the last week, getting back into camp, they'll be working on that, working on their system, making sure they come up together, but also on their individual, where can I be better? What footwork do I need to actually make those physical tackles and know what it, it takes now? Yeah, like there's such talent within this squad and, and you alluded to it as well, Fiona, that these are such young players with, you know, years ahead of them in the game. I suppose my worry is that they could be traumatised, brutalised by this experience right now that they're getting their caps at this stage in their career and they're facing these heavy defeats you know, you wouldn't want that to affect them and affect their years playing for Ireland going forward No, and that that is a huge concern you know, a lot of us um, when we would have played in our era you were coming into the squad now, obviously, there's exceptions to the rules. You, you, and you'd played a lot of club rugby. You've worked your way up from playing a lot of interprovincial rugby. You were spotted, and then you got up there. Some of these girls are have been spotted at underage and kind of brought straight in. And look, this is it. This is international rugby. Um, or if you have to look after them mentally, and I'd hope, kind of, if there was anyone on that did have sports psychologists, maybe that will look at that if there's anyone struggling. Um, but I think it's it's great for them to get into that environment at such a, a young age. They're they're getting out there. They're feeling it. Yeah, there's huge defeats and there's media pressure coming on, and and that had never been on people before. But at the end of the day, it's a game of rugby, and and what I'm seeing and the chat from the camp after every session is that they're really focusing and I'm sure the, the coaching staff are doing it as well on this being a journey they're constantly taking the pressure off the players they're looking at you know this is our journey we're here but we've got to get it here and they're putting it down to that basic level and I would imagine as they go into those camps that it's it's just focusing on what things they can control and I, I definitely think they can control this Italian game um, Italy play off the cuff and when they do so they're immense to watch they can play out from five metres out and score a magnificent try but on the other side of things as as a group um, going into games like that there's so much like if you have a good game plan against this team and they can get their set price or their set piece right set price <laughs> and, you, and they can get their set piece right and get their defence a lot better from last week they'll edge in confidence as the day as the game goes on and I think that's what the, this game is what this team needs if they were playing Italy or sorry if they were playing 
England next week you or this week you might be a little bit nervous off the back of that France defeat I think Italy's a perfect game to come back to because you can't who knows what Italy are, are going to do so they have to focus a lot on on their game their set piece their defence and hopefully, which we haven't seen a lot of, we'll see a really nice attack because there's some very, very good young players in that back three and especially Aoife Dalton at 13. I'm, I'm really excited seeing her get going. Yeah, same as. Um, I think this game has landed at the right time. You know, this is a tr- chance for them to really kick things off. And I suppose mostly, Grace, to put in the performance, to, you know, get that performance together, to walk away saying, look, we're, we are proud of that. Yeah, exactly. It's, you know, we've seen the increase from Wales. They didn't really get through the phases in attack at all. And then we we saw them going very lateral in that Welsh attack and they weren't punching holes. Now, against France, sometimes we were going a little bit too direct and, and poor Vicky Irwin was getting uh, double tackled consistently. And, you know, they'll look back at that analysis and go, right, we're drawing in players there. Where do we need to go and, and learning which so I think it's it's continually continuous improvement, you know, gradually getting better, uh, you know, learning from your mistakes, learning where you can improve. And, and that's really difficult with a new team, you know, so they would have looked and said, mm, can our back three position and be a lot better now? You know, we know Italy are going to kick. We know they're going to run off the cuff. You know, where do we need to be positioned? And, and it's through those mistakes that you learn. And 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 it is it's a really steep learning curve. You don't have much time together, you know, between games. So I think you know we really just want Ireland to get the performance, keep those standards what they improved on last week or two weeks ago, keep those standards now, and just keep building on them, build the foundations, get the defence right, continue with getting up off the line, but actually making the tackles now, continue with you know, getting up in the air for the line outs, trying to disrupt, keep that scrum nice and solid and give the backs a platform. Because the likes of Eva Dalton, we haven't actually seen too much of her. We've seen I like I I looked at the stats from I think the first game and she'd hit fifteen rooks, you know, sealing off at rooks and, and that's not what you want your your thirteen to do. You want her to be available, be ready to attack and and work work around the park. So it will be interesting and and that's what you want. You, you want to minimize the errors minimise the mistakes and just start stringing things together and make really good decisions. Yeah, it's all about being able to bounce back, which isn't an easy thing to do. They've obviously had the break, Fiona. Have you ever experienced tough defeats like that and have to come off the back of it and maybe has turned it around and, and got a good performance? Yeah, look, um, I suppose when I would have played with Ireland, it was kind of, I was lucky enough, it was a different era. So I, I, I came in and jumped on the bandwagon <laughs> in the good times. Um, but look, we had, I remember the, the year we, we played, um, in 2015 when we won the Six Nations, we played France up in Ashburn and we ran them close, but essentially we would have been very, um, positive going into the game and we would have felt like that we should have won it. And, and as the game kind of came away, we lost, we lost that game in the end but when we for the final game we had to go over to Scotland and I think we had to win by something like 870 points or 70 plus points and 
to to be able as a squad to go out there and have that focus and know what you're doing and go out there and do that that was huge for us to be able to lift the game we wouldn't have beaten Scotland by much more than 30 40 points in in the previous couple of years before that so it would have been huge to put that scoreline on Scotland and i think that's a different era what these girls are are going out is now is they have to they have to believe first of all that they can beat Italy and i i would imagine the coaching staff have done that and they've looked after that side of things but what they they need to work on now is their is their game plan is the is the little nitty gritty things. So we we saw they brought line speed. They now, as Grace said, need to make those tackles. But in attack, they've got to be a little bit more structured than what we've seen because that will enable it takes the pressure off players when you have a certain type of structure in how you play and you essentially know where you're going. They've now had this type of structure in. Although they have, we haven't seen it in the games. They've been training with it in camps, and and they're getting more comfortable. So I, I think they're going to go out and and just focus on on that performance. That's all they need to look at. Believe they can win, but focus on the performance. And although they were absolutely walloped by France, which they were, it was at times a much better performance. France were just very clinical on the day, but I thought I was impressed with their line speed, different areas. So they have the ability to lift that. It's about now lifting it together as a team and and a bit more unity around that and connections in defence. This is it. And we mentioned as well, just the media coverage around the game now, you know, that's heightened to a new level. And it's great, you know, that we're here. We're doing a Women's Six Nations show. It's it's constantly on TV. It's getting the coverage it deserves. But it can be a good and bad thing, maybe for the players too, that it's highlighted when, you know, you're having these tough defeats as well, Grace. Yeah, it's a double-edged sword. You know, you want the publicity. You want people to know what you do. You know, we want women to be on TV, to be household names and and you know, aspire the next generation to call and play rugby. But with that becomes the pressure, you know, the expectation, you know, uh, expecting better performances, expecting the standards to be high. And and it's it's media and social media can be really tough for anybody. So, um, you know, we all know how difficult that can be. You know, it could be one negative comment and, and that pulls you down. And so I think it's it's about that management of social media going, well, what is it we want to do? Do we want to be online? Do we want to be offline? Do we want to ignore media, you know, and, and focus on our game? Because at the end of the day, they're rugby players. You know, they're not reporters. They're not, you know, to, to sell the game. They They want to entertained by playing rugby, doing the best they can on the pitch. And and that's one thing. Yes, they might be getting the results and we see a lot of the other teams maybe have better structures or have been longer within the professional game, you know, have more time together. You know, we see these these players and 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 like they are working the hardest they can. There's nobody going out there being blasé and go, oh, I've got the green jersey. I'm not going to work hard. You know, they're working to the best of their ability. So I think you have to give them credit for that. Give them space to breathe, but you know it, it is it's double edged sword. People are expecting more and wanting more, and it, and it's just a tough balance. And you just want to, I suppose, they need to take their own um, understanding of that and and protect themselves. And hopefully, the management, you know, give them some guidance in that and what what is best to do in those situations. Yeah, absolutely. And not to be totally negative here or anything like that. You know, when I'm out and about, people would ask me. There's not as much experience within the team. Why is that? You know, is there certain players that have stepped away? We know the likes of Lindsay Pete has retired. You know, we know these big names. Uh, Emer Constantine's had a baby. But is there a 
group of players that have this experience that are just not being picked? Like, is there players that are eligible and at that level? Do we do we know, Grace? Is there players out there or what the case is? Um, well, look, what, what I think on that is... Um, first of all, for me, Kleena Maloney definitely is someone that probably should be involved in, in the squad. She's, she's playing well in England if you're looking at her form and you're looking at her caps and you're just looking at her presence. The reason she's not there, we don't know. It, it, like it's been said form, I, I would probably question that. So. When I'm looking at that, it's Kleena who who is clear front runner. I'm I'm coaching. I'm playing IL. There's no one being left out of the squad that has absolutely rocked the AIL or the Interpros that isn't there. And that's that's the honest truth from my side of things. I've watched every every game all season. I, I either back on huddle or I've watched um or I've watched the Interpros. I was involved in that. So I think the players that were picked is the coach's choice. I'm not saying people should or shouldn't be there, but there's no one really overlooked massively other than Kleena. The other thing I will say was today, um, I actually didn't realise this, but there was an article in the Telegraph and Katie O'Dwyer, who I think is an excellent tight head, I've definitely seen her playing in AIL and you know she's had a good enough season she stepped away because there because there wasn't an option to to be half contracted as you'd say that hybrid mm. contract so she would have been a huge loss to the team they've they've decided to build other props and, and not work on getting her back into selection so I, I think she's someone that maybe would have benefited if they'd looked at that other than that, as far as I know, I think Anna Capelis wasn't selected. Um, uh, Eve McDermott wasn't selected. Um, they have numerous caps behind it, but that's, I suppose, a coach's decision watching matches and making those decisions. So from my perspective, having watched it, I think Kleena Maloney obviously is, is a huge loss. And I think she would have been like and brought immense. Um, impacted a squad but in saying that I think the fact that Neve Jones shone through last year and was so good around the park and was just all over the game it took a little bit pressure maybe off the IRFU enforcing their hand to pick clean or whatever is going on Yeah do you have anything further to, to add to that Grace? I will read out maybe the article as well I'll give you a chance though to respond first um, so for me, you know, I think it's it's more deep rooted. It's it's longer. I think a, a more long term goal or long term issues. You know, we've we've been here a while. You know, complaining about things and and saying how we want the game to improve. Especially since 2017, we had a home World Cup. We should have been, you know, promoting on the back of that, getting the next generation in. And, you know, we we had a review after that. There wasn't really much happened. You know, then we had the failing of. Um, you know, getting to the next World Cup. So for me, I think we've been papering over the cracks for a while. We have relied on the sevens players who, you know, were really good. They were able to swap in between the two um, codes of rugby. But because of the season being so busy now that they can't do that, their goal is to get to an Olympics. You know, so... To me, we knew this was coming, that we were going to have to have the split between sevens and 15. So, you know, to me, I'm like going, well, what what was the long-term plan? You know, how have we been developing players in the background, knowing that we're going to be splitting sevens and 15s? You know, we know the review was talking about from five players and how we developed that, hence the reason for contracts. But within the contracts, most of them aren't from five players. So, you know, there's there's still gaps within the development of rugby. The AIL isn't the standard. We've seen all our players go to premiership. 
the more experienced players go to the Premiership, the lower the standard in the AIL. So it's about developing those youth players, developing the under-18s now. We see Six Nations getting them into AIL, developing them through through those pathways and getting the standards up in AIL and, and building and having the, those stronger players that are able to step into these positions with competition, drive standards, with standards, you know, we get the performances. So for me, it's going to be a longer process to make sure we have that. Yeah, and just in relation to the article that Fiona referenced there, so it was an article in The Telegraph um, about a dismissive attitude that it still remains in place um, in women's Irish rugby. The piece is written by journalist Fiona Thomas and it's claimed the players have been excluded from team selection emails or have not been told that they've been dropped. It also alleged that a prominent figure in Irish rugby said who gives a F about women's rugby during a speech that was made by the IRFU president, John Robinson, um, at a dinner that was attended by 200 people at Bechtov RFC in Dublin last month. It also states the players were allegedly not consulted over the IFRU's decision to change the colour of the women's team shorts from white to navy blue because of period concerns. So there is a few alleged um, comments there um, about the, the state of Irish women's rugby at the moment. Um, and I suppose when we got, we got that this morning, you know, it's quite shocking to read that. Fiona, were you surprised by those comments? Um, no, I wasn't shocked because I probably would have heard all those stories in the past. So um, when I read it, you know, and that and that's kind of upsetting that I wasn't that shocked. Mm. You know what I mean? When I'm reading this article and I'm not that shocked. Um, we, I've been a, around a long time. Um, a lot of dismissive attitudes definitely towards the women's game I've come across that and we've had to we've we as players and coaches have always tried to kind of build that and I think the platform that's there now is is definitely one that's trying to give a breathe a positive image on the women's game and show what value like rugby can have to daughters to all women and I I think it's 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 been it's been shown out there but I think you know I agree. I, I looked at that article and I was just like, I was just saying, Oh my God, like we've, we've almost let these things happen to us. And it's only when you read them back and read how shocked other people are when, when they're talking about it. But I, I suppose the biggest thing with me is I want to, I want us to start looking. All these things need to change, but we've got to focus on, on, on the game at hand and we've got to focus on how we can get these, these players better, how we can do different things to, to make the game more exciting to watch and I just look at these players that are out there now and and we want them to perform and they want them to do better and I suppose when I'm not brushing away from it but the thing in the article as well and John Crone is 100% right he's always got his facts among everything the whole women's committee that there isn't one AIL representative on that committee that's able to speak up for the local club so it's these little things the RFU have to start changing and changing fast because people like John Cronin you know there's other people that are involved in the game a long time and they're constantly looking for the women's game and they've been saying this for years it's only now the light has been shun so as a player that's been around and I, I'm kind of like, oh, that's all news. I, I've heard that. But I do think it needs to be, you know, or if you need to acknowledge it, say that they apologize for what they're aware of what is happening. But now we've got to look to the future. We've got to say, how can we make this better? And I think that's the big thing. We can't keep just saying, oh, this happened, that happened. There needs to be action. And I suppose in the article, 
the the players, it's saying the players, the RFU are almost brushing off certain things by focusing on the wrong things, like the colour, the shorts was a huge announcement. But I'm sure there's some players that were relieved with that. And that has been a discussion for a while. But it's the bigger wins now. We've got to start getting more women on committees and and we've and those AI clubs, how to better the game needs to be listened to. And I think they are, to be fair to the RFU, they're investing and they're taking those steps. As Grace said, we just won't see it for a long time, especially in the game that we're watching now. I know, I think that's the, the pity of it all, that it's it's not going to be in the next few years. I think it's going to take quite some time till we see this this massive change that we, we need to see. Um, Grace, what did you make of the article? Yeah, it's, it's you know, as Fee says, it's hard to hear, it's hard to see it. Um, you know, is it as bad as it used to be? No. Does that make it right? No. Um, are we going the right direction 100%? Are we going as quick as we would like? No. Is society like this in general? Yes. Is it starting to change? Yes. So rugby's not, this isn't like an isolated thing and the IRFU are doing something, you know, crazy. This is society and, and just what what it takes and, and how we are changing within that. And I think, you know, we have seen great improvements based on those back of those reviews, you know, We've seen the fact that we're sitting here now and there is professional contracts. We have professional contracts for sevens, for fifteens. Are they perfect? No. Do they need tweaks? Yes. You speak to every other Six Nations uh, country and they say there was always issues with the contracts when they first started. We're just a bit behind. You know, we're seeing the development of an under 18s, Six Nations, the same as the men's. Brilliant. Are we there for an under 20s? Not yet. So, we have to, and I think it was Joy Neville, I remember her having to face, you know, rugby clubs and coming in as a referee. And, you know, you have to pick your battles. You can't battle every person that disagrees with women's rugby or, or doesn't think that it's it's valued. You know, we have to understand where they're coming from and, and develop it and build it to something that is a product that people want to watch and, you know, is on TV. But we have to start somewhere. We can't fix all the issues, but it is a fine line of not ex- ignoring all the issues, but actually building, but making sure that it is that tiny continuous improvement all the time. And yeah, just, we can't fix it all. We have to say, right, there's the contracts. We've under 18s. We're going to get provincial talent coaches that are going to pull in the talent. Brilliant. Do we need to improve the committee? Yes, we do. Is there, um, you know, do we need to do better with our inclusion and diversity? A hundred percent. Is that it all over the country and not just in headquarters at RFU? Yes, totally. So I think it's just those small wins gradually building up and eventually we'll look back and go, oh, wow, we've, we've totally changed from where we were 10 years ago. So it is slow progress. Yeah, that's the hope to be able to look back on all of this and to be able to say, look at where we came from, you know, to see the difference. Just to mention as well, Ireland head coach Greg McWilliams, he spoke today on the IRFU press conference ahead of the game at the weekend. Um, he confirmed that he read the article. He said that it's all historic in his mind that we're now on track and the article is nearly irrelevant. He says he can't control what people write in relation to the who cares comment and that the IRFU is definitely not sexist. Off the ball will go in more depth on this this evening on the evening show with Richie McCormack. So now we might look ahead to this weekend's game. Um, a bit more of a positive note. We're hoping to be able to get a good performance and hopefully get the first result. So obviously Ireland play Italy this weekend at 4.45 on Saturday. Grace, I suppose we talked about it. It's a real opportunity to kick things off here and to, to put in a good performance. 
Yeah, and it's going to be difficult. You're going to Italy. You know, they're a very similar team to us over the years. They're a bit more um, off the cuff than Ireland would be. Ireland would have a bit more structure, but we see how dangerous they are. But I think Ireland over the years have been very balanced with the Italian pack, with that physicality. Uh, you know, Ireland have that backline uh, skill set and you have the young players coming through that have no fear, are willing to try things and, and play. So I think it's going to be a really exciting game. We've seen the likes of Lauren Delaney coming in there at 15. We've seen a wee moments of her fantastic feet and pace, you know, that we've seen in the Premiership all year. And then she got that opportunity against France and she got a nice line break. So it'll be great to see her at, at, at 15 dealing with those Italian kicks. You know, so it's going to be a really good battle. We've seen Italy have a, a 6-2 uh, split on the bench, which is really interesting. They're obviously wanting to bring a big physical game, you know, really try and bully Ireland. So Ireland are going to have to step up there and, and really take it to them and, and and play with no fear. We've seen in, in parts of the France game where they kind of went into their shell because France were so dangerous if Ireland made a mistake. So I would like them just to, to play good rugby and not have that fear factor and, and know that they're going to be able to do it. Fiona, what do you hope to see from Ireland? What, I suppose, improvements on the last two games? Yeah, look, we we spoke about defence. That's going to be massive for them. But I think a huge key battle, and Grace spoke about that 6-2, is, is going to be the breakdown. Um, and I'll tell you why. In that first game, they put France, Italy put France under severe pressure at breakdown. Um, they went after it um, big time. Even their centres were, were, were going at it as well. Um, so I, I think it's an area of the game that Italy pride themselves on. They go after you. They bring your line speed and they go hard at that breakdown so for Ireland and I think what they will have learned um, from that French game is that they have to be so clinical in their breakdown they have to work in their two trees if they get any way isolated they're going to be in trouble so that's footwork and we and we saw um, you know we saw Grace Moore come on and make a, a massive impact in some of our clearing outs we've got Neve Jones who's well able to do that so they just need to get the ball carrying right and, and obviously not give Italy a sniff of that ball so if they can do that in the first 10-15 minutes Italy will have to revert to a different game plan because they're not going to be able to get at Irish ball but obviously on the other side of things Ireland have to look after that ball when they're attacking and there's an exciting back line out there but the forwards are going to have to get gain line because we didn't see it against Wales and we didn't see it against France and we know that they have the ability to do that with their ball carrier, big ball carriers and you know especially with their footwork so I'm looking forward to the likes of Doherty Wall having a, a a big game and especially Sam Manning she's been good but I think she's the ability to be absolutely excellent so she's going to have to lift it for this game Yeah Sam Monaghan there's, there's more in her we've seen it last year she's a phenomenal player we hope that we can see it in this game Grace yeah, and, and she loves getting that arm free, you know, looking for that offload. We've seen how Linda Jungang can run off her shoulder. So it's about, you know, getting through the phases, creating the space, finding the space, punching the holes through. We've been kind of hitting brick walls, whether the rook's been slow, whether we haven't been hitting gain line, and we just haven't been able to build that momentum. So if we can, you know, hit gain line, use our feet, get through the gaps, and, and build that, then Sam Monaghan and the likes of her, Dorothy will, will find space off, you know, second, third, fourth rock where they're able to actually get a bit of momentum, get a bit of speed onto the ball and hopefully then be able to free up the backs. We see the likes of 
Elsa Hughes coming in there at nine. So a bit more experience in there, knowing when to give. And I think that was a crucial thing. You know, you're starting to see, yes, they're they're trying to punch holes, but are they making the right decisions of where to go? Are they pulling back too much? Are they striking up too much? So that all comes with experience. So with Elsa Hughes there, you know, being able to maybe direct a little bit more from the back of the rock, uh, hopefully that will help with the momentum. And from Italy's point of view, they are coming off the back of a heavy defeat to England. You know, Fiona, they're going to be hurting. They're going to want to prove themselves as well. Yeah, look, and they'll take solace for how they played against France in the first game. Mm. Now, I know France went home and were absolutely livid and the media weren't too happy with how they played, but they essentially um, stopped France getting that, uh, you know, running away with the game. It was quite a close game for a lot of it, be it it was French errors that kept Italy. But that's taken no disrespect away from what that Italian defence can do. They get in your face. They, As I said, they go after your breakdown. Um, The thing about Italy is, especially in that back line, and, and we see it you know a little bit more I suppose in the game you've got the youth of Ireland which is really exciting but you've got the Italian team that especially that centre pairing of Rigoni Solari they've built up a really good friendship and how they play with one another the 12-13 combinations um, are, are so good and like I spoke about how defensively good they are on attack I think what's exciting is especially Rigoni okay she's we look at her and you say she's off the cuff she's probably not in any disrespect to coach's nightmare because you don't know whether she's going to kick, whether she's going to chip in, whether she's going to chip it over her head. She just will pull anything out of the bag. And when she's on fire, I think she really pushes Italy on. But on the other side of things, if you put pressure on her, and I, and I saw when France did, especially in Italian attack, she doesn't like that and she'll make errors. So although they have that kind of ability to attack from nowhere and, and stretch defences, I think if Ireland can control it, especially Solari and Rigoni in the centre and keep them quiet, they'll stop the ball getting out wide. And that's when Ireland could put pressure on, especially the other way around, Ireland putting pressure on them at the breakdown. Absolutely well said. Um, it's never easy, I suppose, to play away from home. You've both been in that dressing room for Ireland. Tough at the minute for the girls, but what advice, I suppose, would you give them, you know, heading out into this game against Italy? It's not been easy for them. Um, I hope we haven't been, you know, we just want to highlight what's going on in the best possible light. And, you know, what advice, I suppose, Grace, would you give to them going out against Italy on Saturday? Yeah, you see, it's it's a, it's a place of nightmares for some of them because of the World Cup qualifiers against Scotland were actually in Parma. Um, so the last time they played Italy in Parma was 2019 and that was a Six Nations, you know, to forget about because they lost 29-27 to Italy away. So, you know, there'll be players there that has that in the back of their mind. But, then, you know, you heard Neve Jones saying interviews this week, she goes, no, we're just looking forward now. And that's the way you have to be. You go, this is a new game. This is what we have to focus on. But the good thing about youth is a lot of those players didn't experience that haven't got those memories and are just pushing, you know, the excitement of going away. So I think what you you have to, and what Greg's been really good at in the past is building up your confidence. Go guys, this is amazing. You know, this we're away in Italy. We're getting an opportunity to play. You know, we're going to be, we have the skill set to beat, beat this team, you know, and, and let's play smart. And, you know, we look at Dan O'Brien and I think she'll be crucial in this match with her with her boot and how she can clear her lines. It's something that Italy haven't done as well in the Six Nations. We've even seen the men do it. So they don't clear their lines very well. So if Dan is able to pin you back 
40 meters and kick. Mm. So stick, stick to the system. So if you kick, everybody needs to chase, close those Italians down. Because if, if you let Italy run back at you, the likes of Dinka running off the shoulder, Stefan, she'll have a field day. You know, so it's it's about keeping to the systems, not panicking. If things go wrong, they'll always go wrong in a rugby match. You you just reset yourself, go back to uh, default, and then start building again instead of this panic stations and, and and going into our shell. So it's going into our shell means we just don't hit that gain line. We don't play expansive rugby, and it, it just plays into the hands of Italy. And just on that as well, Grace, like Ireland, you know, we people have been given out, but we're we can definitely go after that Italian mm. set piece. I mean, um, it got that's the, their scrum has been blitzed in both in both games, and Ireland have certainly improved with Christiani coming in as well and tightening things up. The scrum has improved, and they definitely Italy the line out Vettini. She's probably not got the longest throw, so they know she's going to be hitting two or four. And Ireland could be confident about getting that done and getting pressure inside her. And if they can win that battle, I think. And it, you talk about that in the dressing room with your own teammates. If we can win those tiny little battles, so you're focusing, you're not talking about expansive gameplays you're saying we're going to get in we're going to be fast we're going to be fitter we're going to make bigger hits those little things they can empower you going out to pitch yeah at the end it's a big game and I'm sure there's a massive game plan and they're looking at everything but at the end of the day it's rugby and I want to see the smiles on faces that mm. I saw when Ireland were scoring some of those tries. You know, I haven't seen that sunny Bill Manning popping it out to Linda, as Grace said earlier. Massive smiles, hugs all around. And I think the more we can see, if they can start scoring a few tries from set piece, from broken play, I think we start to see those smiles and we'll see a lot more play by Ireland. And especially, as you said, if we can get Dana the ball, I mean, Dana the ball, that that's a 40 metres. If you're getting a penalty, you win a, a scrum penalty, you're now 45, 50 metres down a pitch. And that that little bit can lift everyone massively. Yeah. And, and I think as well, uh, you know, if you put that doubt in this Italian team, they're way, without Giordano, uh, Giordano, their captain, captain, who is out injured at the minute. So mm-hmm. Stefan is, is taking over the captaincy at nine. So, you know, it's a bit of a change in guard, you know, you're kind of going, mm, is, is Stefan going to be, you know, the Giordano kind of leads by example. She's a really good ball carrier. She's a workhorse around. So, you know, that change of voice might, so if you start putting a bit of doubt in them, start pinning them back, you know, you might put them under even more pressure. Yeah, there's areas to be exploited. That is for sure. So we'll look forward to Saturday, 4.45. That's all we've got time for today. The Women's Six Nations show with Vodafone, a proud supporter of the Irish women's rugby team. We all belong to the team of us. My thanks to Fiona Hayes and Grace Dava for joining me. And we'll be back at the same time next week. The Women's Six Nations show on Off The Ball. With Vodafone, a proud supporter of the Irish women's rugby team. We all belong to the team of us.